Hey everybody. Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to thank everyone for checking out the show. The love that we've gotten has been incredible. Just a reminder, you can listen to the Dharma Boys for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can also like, subscribe, and leave a review in-app. If you do, we may read it on the show. Also, special thanks to the Facebook group Lost Fans United. It's a great online community for Lost fans. Thanks again, and enjoy this episode. Namaste. And it goes for 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. Yeah, the Dharma boys are in the hatch tonight. And you know we're gonna crash like it's 815. Yeah, the Dharma boys are in the hatch tonight. And you know we're gonna crash like it's 815. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Dharma Boys, a lost podcast. I'm Taylor Wilson. And I'm Vincent Taylor. What are we talking about today? What 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 do we got on the docket? Uh, we're talking about season one, episode three. Tabula Rasa. I'm sorry, Taylor. Tabula it's okay. Rasa. Tabula it's, Rasa. It's a, it's a Latin word. It's a Latin phrase. And I don't think either one of us is well-versed in Latin. So I do know that Tabula Rasa means blank slate, which is a good uh, a good title. When I saw I, that, I was, what does that mean? That, that's a good title for the episode. Um, it's it's pretty fitting to what happens and what they kind of uh, discuss in this one. And uh, it's one of three episode titles in the series that has a, a Latin phrase as the, uh, as the title. Ah, oh, okay. So, Do you mind? Uh, this uh, is... Go ahead. No, what were you saying? No, no, no. I was just, um, so um, I was just going to jump into the, I guess the, the, what the, what the episode was or you can. Right. This episode is about uh, a character known as Kate to the lost fans and to everyone else, I think. And it's about her experiences with a man who's got a really bad tummy ache because he's got metal in it. And <laughs> she uh, has some, has some issues with that, I guess is yeah, how I that, sum it up. That That's about right. She also lived with an old man. And she did. Yeah. About Kate's life with several old men that don't like her. Right. So, <laughs> It's true. Kate is someone that I uh, I find pretty endearing as a person. I think she's got a good heart, and she has the honor of being the the first ever character to get a flashback off island. So, cheers to you, Kate. Everyone wow. at home, just take a drink. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're not doing a drinking game out of this show. We uh, I've got a bunch of notes here, but since we we're talking have. about it. We could. Originally, that was the plan, but I'm glad we're not. <laughs> I just want to make we, it clear that if we wanted this to be a drinking game, we could make it one. Absolutely. I think a lost drinking game would be a lot of fun. We're creative. So, I'm sorry. It would be pretty cool, and we might get around to doing something like that. But as it stands, you mentioned this, or I mentioned this name of the tummy ache. Who is this? <laughs> the Marshal. So let's talk about this guy. Yeah. One thing about the Marshal that – is really interesting to me is I, I can't put a readout on this guy as far as his feelings towards Kate because he has this sort of like horny hatred towards her. Yes. Uh, it's such an odd thing to put your finger on. And uh, I'm not really sure that I fully got this guy figured out. Yeah. I, um, I feel the exact same way. I actually, to be honest, I almost didn't want to um, – I mean, we would have to talk about this anyway. This, to me, it's not necessarily lackluster, but there are a lot more, like, 
not as clear things happening, I think, in this episode as far as people's motivations and everything. <laughs> sure, um, sure. Comparative, uh, compared to like the first, the first episode is like the, the premiere is so good that then we get in like Kate's past is really interesting, but then on Island, I feel like a lot of the interesting stuff doesn't happen until the last half, maybe the last quarter. Sure. The thing about this episode that I think makes it really difficult to follow if I'm, if I'm, thinking of the right episode and i'm pretty sure i am this episode has dude so many subplots in this yes yes there are a lot of things happening in this yeah and and i think that that makes for a a kind of uh, a difficult way to keep up with it um let's see We've got Kate at the forefront of everything here, and we're getting to know her. And she's a pretty ambiguous character. She is, I mean, on the front end, super endearing to, to you know, watch as an actor. But she's got this past. And I think that some of her motivation and concern for the Marshall's well-being is, is kind of vague. Is this something that is out of, uh, you know, a selfish desire for this guy to, to just go ahead and die or yeah is there a compassionate thing there you know does she genuinely care about this person even though he's trying to take her to prison yeah i i guess i i, I didn't really think about that before i mean i guess i like i like focus on jack's conflict of character like later in like where he's really trying to figure some stuff out about himself um but I didn't really think about Kate and her. I, I think while I was watching it, I thought, oh, Kate wants, wants this Marshall to die because he holds this secret about her. And if he dies, then the secret dies with him because I'm not telling anybody. Yeah. But there, I guess there is this kind of other factor where, I mean, we don't really know this yet, I guess, but you can tell there is sort of a, from the flashback, you can tell there is sort of this longer relationship that she and the Marshall share. So they've Absolutely. known each other. They've known each other for a while, and I, I guess that I do wonder: Did she want the marshal to die? No, I guess she didn't want the marshal to die all, solely for her own safety. It also had to do with the fact that this man is like suffering. Right, um, Kate. Uh, you're right about that. We do see the marshal again throughout her her flashbacks, and uh, I've kind of thought about that. I want to keep all the discussion kind of in in episode in house but when we do see yeah. it again spoiler alert and uh not that i'm calling you on spoilers in the lost podcast but <laughs> i i think they have a a weird game they're playing between the two of them that that's the way that i kind of saw it. it's almost like it is a lot of fun for the marshal and I, I think it's kind of a game to him sort of this i don't know a mind game maybe there's kind of a weird I don't know. I just keep going back to like this weird sexual energy, man. I think he's got the hots for Kate. I really yeah. do. Oh, I think there's a part of that. I mean, even the flashbacks um, when she's on the plane and their interactions that we've already seen. And then we see more of that in this episode. And then when she gets captured in Australia, he's like so close. To, it looks like he's just getting off on the fact that he's got her. It he is likes the very, power. Yeah, it's just very like he's very power driven. Um, which is an interesting choice because they could have just made her a criminal that we then have to like feel sympathetic for, 
mm-hmm. um, which would have just as easily been done, I think. Like, it, it could have just as easily been done that Kate committed this crime and the marshal is, like, on the plane and he's not really developed in any way. He's just, like, the marshal and we know... I guess what I'm saying is if they had done this show where he was just the marshal and that's all we knew is that he was the marshal that captured Kate and didn't take the time to actually add very many character attributes to him, it would have worked just as well for Kate's story, but they made the conscious choice to kind of add this other layer to the marshal and then also add this conflict within Kate. Right. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And I think part of it, something that happens early on in the show is you do see kind of seeds planted for, like we talked about a lot in the first episode. I think some of them don't really come to fruition. Uh, I think that there there was more to the Marshall that we didn't really know about. But, uh, you know, rest in peace to him. He's the first guy to die that, you know, really has a, well, not as the pilot, actually, never mind. Uh, But he he does die and in this episode in a pretty brutal fashion. We could talk about that in a minute. I just want to say I was thinking about that. I do ultimately think Kate was coming from this from a compassionate place. Kate is uh, kind of a flawed character. And in, we, I don't know if we've talked about this in the last one or not, but in the Lost Community, she's kind of a contentious character. A lot of people really don't like Kate. And I can understand their criticisms. But that said, I, I've always felt like she had a very good heart. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that I think that even though this guy is a massive douchebag to her and was trying mm-hmm. to take her to the big house, I think that she just didn't want to see him suffer. I'm I'm not going to disagree with you, but right. uh, I do not – I'm very middle of the road with Kate. Um, do you think like, it's both? I guess it's kind of a multifaceted yeah, thing. Yeah, well, and I, I, it's not even like – yeah, it's a multifaceted thing. It's not really a complexity thing for me. I don't love Kate, mm-hmm. um, but I don't like – I don't have this kind of like disdain that I've seen people have for her where they're just – they really don't like her. I, she's fine for me, you know? Sure. I think flashbacks get pretty interesting. And I think this episode is... That uh, that summarizes actually the whole thing. It's all fine. This one's f- fine. That's how I feel. That's where I land with Kate, I think. <laughs> sure. Well, let's move away from her really quick because there's other stuff going on too. There's a lot, yeah. There is. This episode is the the first friendship we, we see the, the kind of first real friendship on the island form between jack and hurley yep. they are together pretty much the whole episode they've got you know very few moments apart and jack and hurley i, I think that is kind of one of the more underrated relationships in the show but it's one that lasts throughout and i think it's a pretty uh, pretty good solid friendship they have yeah uh, actually that's um that's interesting too because i was I was so concentrated in the first episode about, oh, they're coupling people up. There's, you know, um, Michael and son have had an interaction and this and that. And uh, I guess Hurley has that moment for a bit, but this is really where Hurley and Jack, um, Hurley and Jack come together. And it's not, uh, the way that they handle their friendship throughout the entire series is really interesting because I've just never thought about how their friendship is so lasting. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to jump ahead or anything, but yeah, that's, uh, they have one of the longer lasting friendships too. Yeah. Wow. I just was watching it and was like, Oh shit. Like they really are like, and it's something that is sort of, I think harder to notice as you watch 
week to week unfolding month to month, year to year, season to season. But if you're binging it, I think it's pretty apparent. They have a lot of interactions and, and they're not buddy, buddy by any means, but I I don't, I think it would be kind of hard to be buddy, buddy with Jack, you know, for anyone, but yeah, (laughs) really they, they have a lot of meningful interactions uh, and and it's throughout the entire series. And I just, you know, everyone always thinks of Hurley and Charlie as uh, the, you know, the best buds on the show, but this is a friendship that began before even that. Yeah, that's, that's very true. And it's not, um, that's, that's what I thought too. I just kept thinking like, Oh, when are Hurley and when do Hurley and Charlie meet? When do they start becoming friends? How does that like, that's what I've been concentrated on anytime Hurley or Charlie are on the screen. I didn't really think about that. Wow. That's good. I'll have to pay more attention to that. And, uh, um, it, it, same- it develops, it, it unfolds pretty in, in a really beautiful manner, I guess. At the same time, we have um, Sawyer and Jack's relationship continuing to be explored, with Sawyer being a looter. <laughs> he is, yeah. That I, I, I think that Sawyer and Jack do have a, a friendship eventually. Certainly not now. No. In fact, I forgot how awful they make Sawyer. It's not that he's. Yeah, he's. A, they, I, I, it, it must be credit to them for me like as much as I know that I do but right now I'm not I don't see it like I mean it's not that extreme he's still got the likable like the, the nicknames and stuff or I mean other <laughs> one, the of the nicknames nicknames. Gives, one nickname he gives Saeed in this episode is Al Jazeera the network <laughs> I, yes I think it's, yeah does it Charlie chime in or something say what the network <laughs> that's a network yeah. for someone um, his nicknames yeah. are Buckwild. I did highlight one though. It's actually probably my favorite nickname he ever does is Freckles, and it's I mean yeah. it's used a lot, but I think it is super endearing, even though he's a real bastard right now. Yeah, he's a super bastard right now. He really is. Uh, and he was I have a hoarding. friend. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying he's just hoarding medicine and Playboys. <laughs> yeah, I think that does though go back to kind of what we talked about in the first episode. Is it shitty of him to take all of that for himself? Yeah, but I would probably go look for some, I don't know. If I was finding, I mean, it's like I said, man, I'd just get drunk. If I found booze and smokes, I'd take them. Yeah. So, but Jack is, you know, it does, that brief interaction does highlight how they are looking at the situation. Sorry, he's looking out for the self. Jack is looking out for the community. But in some ways, I won't say it's selfish, but Jack is super, super driven to help people. And I think that Jack, of course, it's altruistic, but it is also something I think he needs to do. Yeah, definitely. I think that, um, yeah, there's, there's just a lot that happens in this episode. <laughs> like, this one's, uh, this one's packed. But yeah, Jack definitely does have this drive to, to help people. And that's where, like, really the kind of, like, um, the climax of this episode happens is because of that need. It's not really about Kate and it's not about her past, which that is something that they talk about. Hurley's like very concerned about what she did, what could she have done. And Jack doesn't care. Jack's is in this place of like, it doesn't matter now for what's happening right now. He's very present and he's like, it doesn't, it doesn't affect what's happening now. So it, it, we don't need to worry about that right now. And he feels yeah. like he knows, I think he feels like he knows Kate, um, more than other people maybe do um 
I think Jack is certainly shocked and dismayed and maybe feels betrayed a little bit when he first finds it out. But, I, but you're right. I think that's the conclusion he, he does come to, or at least the one that he says he comes to. Yeah, that's true too. Cause a lot of, a lot of the stuff Jack says we come to find out is not very reliable it's, sometimes. It's not that, yeah. I, I don't think it's that Jack is dishonest. I think he's dishonest with himself. I think Jack, yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah. So uh, and Jack, you know, at the end of this, I know we're bouncing around all over this episode as far as the linear plot, but, you know, I'm just going to ride that wave. The show's Jack's, very not linear. So it doesn't matter. Jack, at the end of this episode, says, uh, and that's where this Tabula Rasa thing comes into play, he says, three days ago, we all died. And I love that line, but I also hate it because I feel yeah. like people took that super literally. And yes. I, I will take this opportunity now to say to anyone listening that doesn't is watching Lost for the first time maybe and following us week by week or if anyone's just mis, misguided in their beliefs about Lost, the island is 100% not purgatory and it's a real place and everyone there is alive and it's not purgatory and it's not purgatory. So, <laughs> Did we mention just, uh, it, it's not purgatory? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's a good point. I hadn't <laughs> thought of it. The uh, but but it is a good line and it's true. It it presents this opportunity to be someone that you're not or whoever you want to be. There, this is a show about people who are reckoning with their sins in some way. Not to use yep. the the biblical terminology, but that's kind of what it is. And that they, they do ultimately do have that journey. I think individually, but there is that element of. I, I can get away from this. I don't have to be bound to my past. You know, I can yeah. start over here. I think that's definitely, this is the first time of like many times, even in the next episode, they were going to see people for who they were and who they are on the island and their decisions to say, well, this isn't who I am anymore, or I don't need to be this person anymore. And I think actually, ultimately, that's what, the conclusion that Jack comes to in the end, the whole time Jack is concerned about this man is not going to die. Yeah. He's not, I'm, I'm not a murderer. He says, uh, and then decidedly anti-euthanasia Jack. Yeah. Yes. And then Sawyer beefs the, the murder. He beefs the killing. That is one of the most brutal, brutal things. It, you know, we live in this world. We talked about this last week where, these awful things can happen, you know, on a show like the, the uh, Game of Thrones or Walking Dead. It's just the, the worst. But this is such a brutal, awful situation. He walks yeah, you, out, he shot him, and then you hear him gurgling in the tent. Uh, and the look uh, on Josh Holloway's face, dude, he's, yeah. a, he's a master at, at this craft. And I think it goes back to what we said about – the the concept of him feeling guilt i think in a way maybe sawyer thought this is a chance to do something good it's dark but this is atonement and i'm going to end this guy's suffering and he fucked it up and made it worse i can't even fathom the feeling but then he reverts back and doesn't take responsibility either he looks yeah. guilty on his face but he will not acknowledge to jack i'm sorry I, I, yeah or, like, I, but, you know he won't Outwardly, sure, but I think he is just really a, a very tormented by this. Oh, as yeah, he would be. He certainly he's visibly like 
I, I just think it's not uh it's not Sawyer's character at this point at least to acknowledge his fuck up verbally. Right, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a shell, his his whole his whole rough thing, his mean dickheaded thing, which it I okay, I've got a friend who is watching the series now and I, I've had her listen to uh or she said she's gonna listen to the podcast and I told her that I like Sawyer a lot. And she was like, yeah, he's kind of mean right now, but I'm sure if you like him, he'll be nice. And I was like, yeah, he will to some degree. But I don't want you to think that that's going to happen in like five episodes. Sawyer is a douchebag for a very long time. And it goes back and forth. And I mean, even into like season, well into like season two, there are some moments where it's like, man, this guy is a dick. You love him. I think they take him right to that edge though. They do a lot of like, like, cause you do feel I, as much as I was like, well, he doesn't own up to what he did. I do feel sorry for him when Jack goes into the tent and then Sawyer's out there with like a cigarette. And yeah, absolutely. He's just kind of dwelling over that, but he can't, I think the, uh, what more, what I was getting at when I said that was that he just can't admit it to others. Like he knows it. I know he's suffering internally for what he did, but he's not gonna, um, he's not going to go to Jack and be like, I'm sorry. Can I help? what can I do? You know, it's cause he's, he, he's got a lot of terms with himself. Yeah. He's very like Sawyer's a loner. And he thought in that moment, I'm taking responsibility and doing something right. Like you said. And yeah, I mean, I have nothing to add to that, but it's just true. It's just how Sawyer is. And then Jack goes in there and I'm assuming kills him. I, I'm that. assuming, I'm assuming he goes in there and has to just yep. do the one thing he never wanted to do this whole episode, which do you think he just strangled him? I have no idea. Like how I think he, down. I think he probably just covered his face. Yeah, just did the old yeah. smother thing. That sucks. That's yes. Yeah, I will say my favorite part about this episode, just away from this Marshall dying and how sad that all that whole scene plays out. Uh, my favorite thing is this is like, so there's the Kate story with the people on the mountain, and then the, the, you know they come back, and then there's sort of the Kate, Jack, Sawyer, Marshall story with Hurley in there. But then there's this other sub subplot of Michael, Walt, and Locke <laughs> as well. But Michael is having a he is having a rough go of it this week, dude. He yeah, is not. not doing well. No, he's. <laughs> I actually like really like how they set that up, and then. Um, Michael's very concerned about Locke and what he's doing and it did go back to like I in uh, the pilot like we talked about where Michael says we can get you a new dog when we get home and that's not good enough for Walt and yep. to Michael's credit he does want to fix that <laughs> that whole line of like I'll look for him when the rain stops and then the rain stops, stops. immediately because <laughs> that's Love the island that. man that's great it's like alright go find the fucking dog yeah go find the dog Michael you promise um and then this is the first hint of who Locke is, I think. He made that dog whistle, got Vincent, and could have easily just given him to Walt. Because he knows he's got like a relationship with Walt already. Like uh, Locke must be aware that Walt is keen on him. Yes, absolutely. I'm still decidedly kind of creepy I, I do feel like you're right i think that it is a very altruistic thing to do a really nice thing to find this dog and let his dad give it back to him but even when he like walked up to wake michael up and you know michael was sleeping and he's like whispering 
my girlfriend Kinsey, she was like, he's so creepy. Like he's being creepy right now. She knows Locke and she likes him, but he, you know, this episode no, ends with what Locke sitting there. It's got the happy music playing. It's yeah. got the really like, like, Oh, it's going to be all right. Kind of vibe with every showing everyone doing their little thing. And then it cuts to Locke sitting there staring at Walt and Michael and it just cuts to like this sinister, like, oh, who is this man? And, it, yeah. and I totally get, I don't believe this, but I, I go back to what I said in the first episode. Uh, I think some people were like, yeah, this guy is a, is a real creep. Uh, Do you think that was a maybe. note on the pilot that then they decided that Locke would be the one to give the dog to Michael? Do you think that was a... Is that a way of saying, like, hey, he's not creepy? Even though immediately, or are they still trying to shroud him in mystery where he gives the dog back, but then he's still kind of staring ominously over at Walt and Michael? Do you think that it's, like... I think it's certainly just mystery. I think it's certainly uh, this... I think it's definitely they they probably hadn't planned it, honestly. I mean, this is... I think they were just like, this guy's got a secret. We'll figure out what it is, but it's just very mysterious. Very soon, yeah. So, uh, and with that, it may be time to go to tail section trivia. Tail section trivia. Ah! <laughs> Come on, homie, step on up for tail section trivia. These are facts we learned about. That's why it's called trivia. Okay, so on today's episode of tail section trivia, uh, we've already established that Tabula Rasa means blank slate. But uh, a few more interesting tidbits. Evangeline Lilly, in her background, or her flashback uh, of this episode, at one point says sorry, but she says it uh, sorry in her Mm -hmm. very Canadian accent. It slips out. She lies in this episode, and she tells the farmer that she is Canadian. Um, Kate is not Canadian. Evangeline Lilly is, though. So I guess that's their little way of uh, including that in there. Uh, it's got the lowest view count for the season. I thought that was really weird. Yeah, it, it is. It, it has, I guess, I mean, the numbers don't really mean anything to me, 16.54 million. But I think it's so weird that people watch this big explosive pilot and we're like, hell yeah, let's never watch that again. And yeah. then change their minds a week after. So I don't really know what, what, what the factor I wonder was what, for that. I wonder what the commercials were for this one. Because not a lot of weird island stuff happens in this episode mm-hmm. compared to the one before or the next one. So I wonder if like the next week's commercials were so like, figure out the mystery of the blah, blah, blah. You know, I wonder. Mm. Uh, I will say that the ads for Lost, the previews were awful. Like, not awful in the sense – well, they weren't awful in the sense of, like, wow, they suck. It was just – in the the people who wrote the show and the showrunners had no say in the advertising right. for it. So that would cause a lot of frustration for viewers and, I think, especially them, the, the writers, because it would just constantly tease things and, 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 and kind of portray things that didn't happen uh, at all. Week, find out the mystery of the island. Yeah, and the answers are coming. This is stuff that's way later in the series. But I do remember in season one, there was one episode in, in the way that they portrayed it, you know, in the in the trailers, it made it look like Sawyer was straight up going to shoot Jack in the episode. They were going to have a showdown. And they in, in the episode itself, they barely interact and it's friendly. 
has nothing to do with it. So I can see how you'd watch that and be like, okay, that's not what I thought. But uh, yeah, lowest view count, maybe a lame trailer. There's a lot of information I found online about cut scenes or alternative scenes, and most of them are really not interesting to me thus far. But one that I did see that popped out for this one, there was a cut scene of Walt out in the jungle looking for Vincent, and he stumbles upon Jin, who appears with an embarrassed look on his face and toilet paper in hand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, yeah, that's one thing about, you know, you, there's a lot of good stuff about Lost. My biggest criticism, not enough, not enough poop stuff in there, man. What were, they, true, what yeah. were they doing it? It's very I mean, unrealistic. Critics tore them apart for that. Uh, they they almost got canceled. They had to put in a lot of poop stuff in season two to make up for it. So they, I I would personally have liked to have seen that little scene, but that's great. alas. But that's gonna do it. All right. Thanks well, for I tuning into tail section trivia, folks. There, there's a couple more things on here about Kate that I thought were interesting, and these are more not not super story based, but just kind of about the episode and how they chose to make it. Patsy Klein is Kate's jam. We yeah. see Patsy Klein. I've looked this up today just to verify in pretty much all of Kate's episodes, there's an instance where she's listening to Patsy Klein. So I'm assuming she likes Patsy Klein. If not, that's really unfortunate for her. Uh, <laughs> she just okay. hears her constantly. Why is this always playing? Who likes her? Jesus Christ, please, people, enough of the fucking Patsy. Uh, (laughs) That's also something I'm going to start assuming uh, about Kate and the characters. I don't really, I'm sorry to anyone that might get upset. I don't really know a lot of Patsy Klein, but I I do respect her. Thank you, Patsy. All all you did for this show. (laughs) Let's have a moment of silence really quick, everyone, for Patsy Klein and all she's done. Um, everyone at home take a drink uh, <laughs> no but another thing that about how they chose to, to film this I guess because there's this technique that they used a lot in the early 2000s and it's where they like slow down the frame rate to kind of make this sort of slow-mo but really blurry thing it was done at, like I remember seeing it in the Patriot and like one of the Lord of the Rings movies I hate it so much i i cannot stand that technique i and they they don't do it terribly here but they do uh they do show it a couple of times there's one where like kate's over the marshal and her hair is doing it and then there's one where she's out in the rain when she and jack have their very dramatic moment together and it's it's one of those kind of signs of the time that or some of the times that i don't really find endearing it it does feel kind of dated and uh I'm not going to dog on them. I'm not. Uh, I just am glad that they stopped doing that shit. <laughs> yeah, fair S- enough. Speaking of dogging, Jin's really dogging on Sun, huh? Yeah. Jin is another I- one of those that I don't remember how I like him, but I'm sure we'll get there. I hate him. I love Jin so much, but he is very you're, – you're so right on that. He's, He's sec- not the like most likable dude. He says to Sun – have you seen yourself? You're filthy. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what he says. You know how you talk to your girl? He, yeah. And, and you know, I don't think he's, I don't think he's like, you know, saying it like 
have you seen yourself? You know that thing we did like three weeks ago? You're you're yeah. filthy. Like I don't think that's what he means. I think he's just saying you look dirty as shit. You're disgusting Which, from this plane crash and island living we're having to adjust to. Come on, Jin. Leave her alone. Jin, yeah. the big hypocrite who just made a mud pie in the jungle with dog and son. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We do get to love him. We do. Eventually. Yeah, it's like, I don't remember this. At, it's like I, I shot out all memories of disliking any other characters. So I'm just like, why do I like them? Oh, I see. I, you know? Like, oh, there's there's my good friend that I know and love. Uh, he's really mean. Oh, there's Jen. He's so nice and he loves Sun so much. Have you seen yourself? You look filthy. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh, there's good old Sawyer. Fuck off, fat ass. Yeah. He's, Get out of here, Al Jazeera. <laughs> yeah. He, he, that's true. And I think that that's cool. There's actually a few other characters that I've, I felt that too. And I, I always... I always love that. I think it's a mark of a good writer when you can take someone and make me straight up hate them and then over time love them. I, I love to see that in a show. So Yeah, I, I, I think that's a hard thing to kind of wrestle with. I don't want to get like into a different show, but I felt like that with Stranger Things. So with Billy. Steve? Uh, no, oh, not Billy with Steve. Too. I felt like Steve, in the first season, they take him right to where right to where they can maybe a little over that line and the forgiveness happens very naturally in the next season mm -hmm. but fuck billy i don't That's care true. so that man and they tried but they failed they did it well oh. with steve they just didn't do it well with billy for me i never really cared for what they were trying oh, yeah. to make me feel for him but anyway i, I dig that i feel you jamie in game of thrones as well and that's yes. all that's all I, I, I want to talk about another show. I promise they, I should have talked about this with the Patsy Klein thing, man, but her, I love how they utilize music in the first season of lost. They, yeah. and I mean more, not the score of course, cause that, that only I think gets better, but the, the soundtrack of it, having actual yeah. songs play, they, they kind of abandon that over time. But in, in the first season, they, they do it with Hurley's headphones a lot. He'll sit down, pop in a CD, start listening to some music and that turns into the montage to end the episode. Yeah. And that's the first time they do it in this episode. Here's my question though, bud. Here's my question. Hurley likes hip hop because we see him listening to it later in the show. This plane crash took place in September of 2004. So why, why friends did we not hear Hurley listening to college dropout? It was out. I'm sure you heard of it. Why? Why didn't we? That's such a missed opportunity. Okay. I, maybe he was. Maybe he was in the camp of. Oh, Kanye was better when he was a producer. I can't believe this producer is trying to be a rapper. I'm just, never gonna yeah. buy this album. Oh man, and he. Or maybe yeah, so, because Curly is from California, he has a very West Coast bias. I think that's probably what it is, man. <laughs> um, the uh, the last thing that I, I kind of have here is actually i got two more things i am very confused on how they drive in australia i know this isn't really that important but in this episode at the end in the flashback and i know this is all a television show and i know this is filmed in hawaii and not really australia but at one point they're driving down the left side of the road and then the marshal comes alongside and gives the old finger guns to kate i think yeah. and then there's a car coming 
So he gets over in the right side of the road, and he doesn't. And he doesn't seem to have this reaction of "What the hell is this guy doing driving on the wrong side of the road?" He just gets over like it's normal, and then he stays there. Is there a big? Maybe if we have any listeners ever, and one of them happens to be from Australia, they can enlighten me on how it works. Is it a free for all? Is it kind of just now eh, whatever lane we just <laughs> want? I mean, we, we change our laws. Yeah, we drive on the right side here in the states. Have you? I, I I've never been like you know what I'm gonna do the left lane now. I just I'm feeling that vibe. <clears throat> I'm gonna get over there for a while till someone comes along. Um, the last thing I got. A, oh, go ahead. You never took a risk on a mountain road here. Uh, you know, when I was younger, my cousin was teaching me <laughs> how to drive, and she told me it was fine to drive in the middle. So when with no one was around, I don't follow that rule. What? But I re- I actually have a memory of riding in the car with one of our friends Garrett and we were driving somewhere and he very suddenly swerved over into the left lane and started going hello cheerio I'm from good old England and just started screaming in an English accent for a few minutes or or in this for a few minutes you say he stayed on the other side. <laughs> yeah, I, maybe a 45-second rule. I guess was he was trying to be like uh, they drive in Australia. Yeah. The, uh, the, <laughs> the only thing that I have left about this is the ending sound. This is the, you know, we're all familiar with the classic Lost Womp is what I've, I've thought of it as, the, the ending. This is a, a door slam sound. In the first few episodes, and this is the last one that does it, it, it sounds like a door is slamming when it cuts to black or cuts oh, to lost. Right. So I'm very glad they got rid of it because I just don't like it. It just yeah. it sounds like someone's slamming the door. Like, right. that's the end. We're done. And they <laughs> slam the door. I don't like it very much, and I'm glad that they, they brought in the, 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 the one we know and love uh, next week, mm. which – Right, it's iconic at this point. But uh, that's all I got, man. What do you got? Um, I think I got some numbers. Oh, shit. Uh, um, The guy that she's staying with, Ray, says that uh, his wife died eight months ago. Um, Which would mean that it's the same amount of time around when Claire got pregnant that his wife went missing. Or that his wife died. Yeah. So circle right. for life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always then, said that Kate's baby, or Claire's baby was the reincarnation of Ray's <laughs> Ray, Ray's wife. Ray's unnamed wife. <laughs> um, and then uh, I believe that the nearest town when Kate's sneaking into the farm, it says uh, the nearest town is 15 kilometers away, which could be, um 10 feet away or 10 miles i don't know um yeah we don't really know i assume it's I, I, refuse, I refuse to find out i refuse to look it up um and that's pretty much it i think mm. <laughs> yeah on um i did uh i can nab one from lostpedia that um uh that i didn't catch about the backgammon dice again that was the same in the pilot though the, the backgammon dice again so she, so show 16 and four but it's hard to count those because you don't know how intentional they are i think um that's true and that's kind of a gift to the writers 
I think. Yeah. Because anything can turn into, yeah, we, we know. I mean, <laughs> you saw I, the numbers? I, yep. We know. I mean, things like eight months, 23,000, 15 kilometers feel intentional. But I do wonder so, how many times when they were writing the dialogue and they're like, oh, well, it'd be natural for Ray to say something about how far away town is. What if we're 15 kilometers away? You know, like they're probably, that's probably a lot of what finding the numbers are, just then kind of throwing them out there. Um, which is funny that I say that because if any of them were going to be intentional, it would be the dice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, it's, <laughs> you know, like, but it does uh, somehow feel like it's just an accident. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, it could have been, um, those are several different people. The writers are not the same as the set designers. So I'm Very sure true. they just made aware of everyone working on here that these numbers are going to be important at some point. So throw them in where you can find the space for them. Absolutely. Well, man, how would you write this episode? Um, you know, I'm going to give it, um, I'm going to give it three, three, um, <laughs> three dead federal agents. Three dead federal agents. I was worried. Okay, <laughs> you were thinking about. Okay, I was. I was worried that you were maybe gonna go off the walls and be like three out of ten or like three out of seven. And no, this I was is like, three like, out of oh, five. Oh no, three out of five it. dead marshals. <laughs> I, I was thinking the exact same number. Three out of five dead marshals. Uh, three. It just feels like such a middle of the road thing to watch. It's I was it's actually, good. Yeah, it's fine. I was but, actually very worried to come with that opinion. I was ready to come out the gate, and I very I feel very mediocre about this episode. But it, it is very after such a strong, like I said about the pilot, giving it a five is a bold move because mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm going to. I don't know what my gauge is going to be for the rest of the episodes. But if the pilot is a five it's definitely fair to say this is a three. It's a small lull with interesting moments. Right? I, I totally agree. It's really just not a very exciting thing to watch after the, the pilot. And it's really not the episode's fault. It's just how it goes. And uh, I was thinking about the, the scale of, of how to do these things and what you would give, like, all you know, just deciding if it's, one out of five, if it's a really bad one. I, I will say this. I think the worst episode of Lost is still better than a lot of TV. But yeah. I also want to kind of keep it contained within how does it stack up to the, the show. And uh, I still stand by that five for the pilot. But this is a straight three. It's not yeah, bad. Another. It's not great. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's, I think that's it. And then that's that's it. That's going to wrap it up for us today, ladies and gents. We really appreciate you all uh, listening today. Uh, Thank you. Please, please do come back. We, like I said, I, I think I said this, we're learning this wonderful thing that we're doing here. It's only going to get better week after week. I promise you that. We can, and it's, it's, it means a lot to us that you're, you're tuning in at all. So thank you. And yeah. uh, namaste. <laughs> namaste.